Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 71 of the Tick Bootcamp podcast. The title of today's interview is A Motocross Champion's Hidden Internal Injury, an interview with Yvonne Ramirez. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Today's podcast guest is Yvonne Ramirez. Yvonne Ramirez is a 26-year-old professional dirt bike racer from Mexico. He has been riding since he was the age of five, specializing in off-road motocross. In 2015, Yvonne Ramirez was on the top of the racing world. He had just won the Hare and Hound National Championship and had many sponsors, including Red Bull, Oakley, and KTM. Then, Ivan Ramirez had a crash while practicing and broke his scapoid. After he recovered, he tried to jump right back into racing, but something didn't feel right. He had chest pain, headaches, and was weak and dizzy. Ivan went from being healthy to completely bedridden. He went to countless doctors without receiving any answers until one of his trainers recommended that he go to the U.S. for a clinic that tested bacteria and viruses. There, Ivan Ramirez found out that he had Lyme disease. Since then, he has been on his recovery journey, trying everything from antibiotics to neurofeedback to ozone therapy. His sponsors like Red Bull and KTM have stuck with him. Ivan Ramirez now documents his struggles with Lyme disease in an effort to help others. But more than anything, he wants to get back on his bike and show the world you can recover your career after Lyme disease. Hello, Ivan Ramirez, and welcome to the program. Hi guys, thank you guys for the invite. What we'd like you to do is to begin to discuss your background as a professional dirt bike racer. Yeah, well, it, it all started when I was five years old. My dad kind of introduced me to uh, dirt bikes and yeah, it was just, just a hobby. Pretty much I'll race like maybe like three to four times a month. Yeah, since I was five, I, I started racing a little dirt bike, a little 50cc with a little engine and I'm from Mexico, so we have the border close to San Diego, and California is known for it's big for racing. And and we, I, I grew up racing motocross, which is more of like an outdoor combined with the jumps, and it's a track and you used to do laps. And yeah, we used to go to the states like a lot. Used to go race, and yeah, it became a kind of like a family weekend thing that we'll do it kind of like pretty much like every weekend, and that's where it all began. So how did this childhood hobby that you and your dad were participating in together develop into something that became a career path for you? It all started just uh, as a hobby. We just got really into it and we started getting a little bit more serious when I was older. Like I remember when I was in, in high school, like I would go to high school and then get out from, from school and, and just go straight and ride my dirt bike all day, every day. That was my passion. Once I won the championship in Mexico, then they hooked me up with a bike in, in the States. And I was just doing kind of like a, just by my own. KTM really saw me, and KTM is the, the brand of the, the bike, the dirt bike, it's Austrian brand. Yeah, I joined the, their team for the uh, satellite team, and, and then, yeah, I got a contract there and then and, and started doing good. And, and then I was racing Baja, and yeah, that's how pretty much it all started. So, Yvonne, as you started to have success as a professional athlete, did you start to develop relationships with fans of your sport? Yeah, no, definitely. There's lots of fans in Mexico and, and worldwide. We get to do an event. Every year, it's, it's a different part in, in the world. But, like, one year will be in Italy, and the next year will be in um, Slovakia. And, like, it just goes on, like, to a different country each year. It's called ISDE. It's a six-day event. It's an enduro event, and, and it's really cool. You see, like, a lot of fans and different people that they, you know, they have the same passion and, 
the same desire for dirt bikes. Can you share with us what it was like to go from being a guy from a small community in Mexico to now being someone who's getting international attention? As far as like, the fans, they really push you and, you know, you want to make them proud and give, give back to the sport, especially like the little kids. That's something that would really make me happy and put me a smile. You've seen like a little five years old kid uh, dressed up with the dirt bike gear and, and you're like, oh, damn, like that. That was me back then. And, you know, they have the same dreams and they have that you, you can tell in their face they have the same passion. They love dirt bikes. Can you share with us what it was like to be at the peak of your career? You've now won championships. You have sponsors like Red Bull. You have fans. You're really at the peak of your career. Can you tell us what it was like to be at the, at the very peak? I wasn't any different than any, any other human. Like I believe like anybody can accomplish like whatever they, they, they want in their life. And it's all about just putting the work and again, having that passion and that desire and, and setting goals. You know, I feel really, really strong and, like, really, really healthy. And, like, you know, I'll do races from three, four hours and get done and be, like, nothing. I didn't even realize how, how strong it was and how healthy until, like, I got sick. You know, health is, uh, you know, it's, it's everything. So, Ivan, what was the last race that you had won? What was the, the, the final championship you had won prior to beginning to show the symptoms of your tick disease? My last championship was 2015. I won the National Herd Hound. Then in 2016, I I broke my wrist, and I was actually able to put a lot of miles on the road bike and, and at the gym and put a lot of hours, and, and that's when I was like in my best shape. So, Ivan, I think it's really important for us to now talk about what type of preparation you were doing when you were getting to your, your peak and whether or not any of the preparation you were doing at that time when you were at the peak of your career, you're, you're racing around the world, you have sponsors from some of the largest companies in your industry, you're being profiled in magazines, you have fans around the world, you're, you're working with trainers, you're working in the gym. So you are at your very peak in your profession. And I'm wondering whether or not you knew anything about tick diseases and whether or not any of your preparation included protecting yourself from being bitten by ticks? No, I had no idea at all. You did not take any precautions, meaning you didn't spray your, your equipment with permethrin, you didn't put any deed on, and you didn't even do any tick checks after you'd go through a long race and be out in nature for, in some cases, days. Yeah, no, 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 none at all. So when did you begin to exhibit symptoms? Meaning when did you start to become sick, which you now know were the early symptoms of your tick disease? It really hit me hard. Like it was something that I like. I didn't feel like it was progressing. It's just like out of nowhere. But it was like November 2016. That's when I actually went over to Europe. I did the rally in Morocco, which it was five days. And I remember on day three, I started experiencing some like dizziness and like really fatiguing week. And I'm just like, oh well. And like I was like, oh maybe I'm just getting sick or I'm getting overtrained in Morocco and pushing myself too much and yeah I didn't pay attention to it much and I just kind of pushed myself and finished the event and then um, I got really sick there like I got really cold yeah I flew back to the states and I had my last national that following weekend which it was maybe like three days after I got back yeah and I started the race and I, I remember I was leading feeling fine and and then maybe after after like 
40 minutes and I start getting weak and he has some palpitations here and there. And yeah, and I was just like, oh, maybe I'm just overtrained because I had a full month of training and racing like nonstop, like daily. Yeah, after that, then two or three days after it, like I started experiencing a lot of really strange symptoms and I'm just like, oh, like there's something that's not right for sure. Like I know my body, like I actually ended up in the air like a couple of times and they checked me and they, yeah, you have nothing, you're fine. And that's when my journey started. I started experiencing, I it got more like on the neurological side and like fatigue and weakness, but it was more like a, like just my brain was really strange and like I would get really lightheaded and really dizzy. Like my vision, I would get like double vision. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even walk much and I started getting a lot of anxiety and just like I've never been a guy like even when I was at these the events like I've always always like really calm and just pretty mellow and chill and just go with the flow and and then I started experiencing some panic attacks and like I, I've never had a panic attack in my whole life and then uh yeah lots of uh, air hunger like I'll like I'll kind of feel like if I was like if I was cycling my heart will be like what 150 160 you're like he's kind of like you feel like you're breathing it's getting heavier but you're not getting there it's kind of the same symptom but i was laying down or i was sitting down doing nothing like vertigo i was really pale actually like really really pale i've lost like like 15 pounds i think and i had diarrhea for a long month just my, my stool was really loose and i mean i went from so many doctors like I can't remember how many but a lot of doctors and in the states and Mexico and like some of them will say like you have type of fever some of them like that's your hormones other ones like yeah, your adrenals are shot other ones like you get those psychiatrists and you have depression and lots of different things that they were saying and yeah same with cardiologists and it was just kind of just guessing um, but we weren't getting to the the root cause. I was uh, kind of training and, and just pushing myself and, you know, just that mental state and just like not trying to pay attention to it. And, and But I was, I would ride for 15, 20 minutes and I'll be like done. Like I have to go and lay down. And that's when I was like, okay, there's something wrong. You, you continued to ride in races even though you were starting to get sick. So how was the developing symptoms impacting the successes or lack of success that you were having in your races? November was my last event, actually. That's, that's pretty much our, when our off-season starts. But in December 31st, I was supposed to fly to Europe and do the, the car event. And I told my manager, like, hey, like, there's something not right. Like I feel sick. And then I remember he took another doctor and we couldn't figure it out. But um, yeah, I actually had to cancel that event in, you know, in January. And, you know, I was really bummed out about that one. And that was something that uh, it was on my, on my list. And it's my dream to race the car. And Yvonne, how did people begin to treat you differently after you stopped riding? How did your, your family treat you? How did your fans treat you? How did your manager treat you and your sponsors? How did things change once you began to drop out of events? I mean, people were worried, and I still get a lot of people asking, like, hey, what's going on with you? Um, when are you getting back to racing? Uh, are you back on the bike? You know, like, in the beginning, I was just like... 
like I'll just do antibiotics and get back to it in two or three months or whatever, you know. And my family's been behind me and, you know, and friends and, you know, people that have been really close to me. And, you know, I got to the point where I, I couldn't even get up from bed and they'll bring me, sometimes they'll feed me because I couldn't even move my arms. Like, I was that bad. And that's, you know, that's when I was just like, oh, damn, like, you got to really focus on, on your health and, you know, races and dirt bikes and, you know, all the fun stuff. And it's always going to be there, but, you know, health, it's it's first. And and, uh, and really scared me, actually. Like, being really organized and really methodic, like, with, with everything on my racing career, it actually really helped me just, like, with all the pills and what I need to do, what days I'll do what, and just planning ahead. And that's when, you know, the, like, real healing journey started actually so Yvonne in total about how many doctors would you say you saw from the time you first got sick until you got diagnosed more than 15 doctors and you not only went to doctors in Mexico but you came to the states as well to see some specialists in the states correct yeah yeah no for sure yeah so from neurologists to cardiologists to everything you could imagine actually my, my manager actually like told me like hey go over to East Coast and go train with your trainer over there and see where you're at. And, um, like we got to make a plan for, for the season and, and see what we're going to do. So I ended up going to Florida and, and North Carolina for, for almost like a month, I think like three weeks. You were still training and trying to figure out what was wrong with you. So your symptoms were progressing. You were see- seeing all these specialists had no real diagnosis, but were continuing to train for your profession. Correct. And when you went to go see all these specialists throughout the United States and throughout Mexico, did any of them give you a misdiagnosis? Yeah. I mean, from it's on your head to having stress, type of fever, your hormones, your adrenals, just different diagnoses. Yvonne, how did it feel to have people doubting you and essentially saying that you were mentally ill rather than physically sick? It was a challenge for sure. You know, there was times that I would say, well, maybe, maybe they're right. You know, I'm, I'm crazy. And I was just like, just keep looking, keep looking. Just studies after studies. And I remember like that would give me like a lot of anxiety. But I was just, uh, I had my mission that I needed to figure out what was going on. And yeah, so that's when like things turn, turn around actually. Did you ever see a naturopathic doctor or an integrative doctor or a functional doctor? All that. Yeah, all of them. Did any of those doctors that took a holistic body approach ever think or suggest Lyme or another tick-related disease? Once I went over to East Coast and I was training, actually, like my numbers, like my heart rate will be really high. Sometimes my blood pressure will be high or low. Like my blood sugar will be pretty much all the time, like low, like no matter what, if I eat or, or if I eat or not. And and, uh, and that's when my, my trainer said, like, hey, like, there's a uh, little clinic over here, like close, maybe like an hour from the house. Like you can take the truck and go over there and get checked out. And they see uh, like bacteria and viruses and things like that, that um, it's it's more for going that route. And, you know, you're coming from Morocco and in Europe and there's different bugs and different viruses over there and go get checked out and, and, and see. So I did that and, and yeah, like a month after that that once i got back to mexico and you know i was just just chilling i was at just laying on the couch and i got an email and they called me and like hey we got your results back and um, you're positive for like blah 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 like i'm busy apart and uh and i was just like 
down like what is that and i'm just like okay i can fight now like i know what what's going on and yeah i started getting uh just a little more serious and reading like a bunch of different books and yeah so that's when i found out ivan what tests did these doctors perform were they local tests in the states or were they sent out to labs i've done like three different ones actually and they all came positive like hygienics dna connections luckily they all came positive you didn't really know much about lyme or ticks how did you feel did you think that you were finally going to get over this and it was going to be a quick recovery yeah i mean that's what i had in my mind i started the uh, antibiotic route and i can't tell you that it didn't work but like i feel like i was going more downhill than better but yeah i mean i thought it was just gonna be quick never thought that it was gonna be like this long and and you have to do like so much one little step forth and then you do like two or three back and you're like oh wow like this is crazy yvonne what doctors care were you under when you first got diagnosed and were prescribed these antibiotics actually i went to a specialist up in san francisco so Ivan, when you first started antibiotic therapy, did your doctor also have you doing things in parallel to restore your immune health and your gut health and get your body stronger so you can work in tandem with antibiotics? Uh, not at all, because I had a friend that uh, had Lyme and, and, and that, but she went the she tried antibiotics first and didn't work, and then she went like the intricative route, and she got good. She, she's a, a triathlete, and she actually got a back to raising and being normal and she was just texting me, hey, should, you should do this, you should detox and try the ozone sauna and um, this is what helped me. And and for me, it was just, just antibiotics. That was it. I bet my diet because I, I used to be pretty clean, but I like I changed it completely just for like non, non-dairy to no sugar to no soy, no gluten, no flour and uh, no carbs. Like I'm more on the pillow diet, and that's when you know I started feeling a bit better for sure. Ivan, what antibiotics were you on when you first got diagnosed? Was it one or a combination of antibiotics? It was a combination. I think I was like three months on amoxicillin. I think I was taking two thousand milligrams, and then a day, and then combined with azithromycin, five hundred milligram a day, and then they switched me after three months on mepron. 750 milligrams, I think, two times a day, combined with biaxin, 1,000 milligrams. Do you think that this strong antibiotic therapy was just too much for your body to handle at the time and you needed to just work on restoring your, your immune health and detox first, and that's why you got so much worse and not better? I think so. I'm a huge believer in antibiotics as well and on that side, and it wasn't the correct time. It was just too much my body couldn't handle it at that time. So you finally had this epiphany that I have Lyme disease and you think at first it's going to be a quick recovery. Then you realize that not only is it not a quick recovery, but you're actually getting worse. So now that you're presented with this conflict, when do you decide to stop taking the antibiotics and move on to a different treatment therapy? I was only on them for I think almost six months, but then I checked for my buddy and he's like, hey, my friend who had Lyme, like one of this clinic in Reno and like he got back to 100 percent and yeah he's good and i'm like okay well let's just go over there and try it and that's when i you know i went the other route the natural route so you mentioned that you were using neurofeedback right at the end before you stopped the antibiotics can you describe for our listeners what neurofeedback is and how it helped you 
brain weights and getting like restart them and getting back to normal and through sounds and they put sensors on, on the brain like I'm different part of this call I mean for me it was just staring at the monitor and listening to the sounds and just relax yeah I mean how I mentioned like I had lots of anxiety and like panic attacks and and it was just kind of retraining the, the brain again it did help some for sure but uh like it didn't cure me or yeah so the neurofeedback really helped with your symptoms of anxiety and helped your, helped your mind get out of that constant fight or flight state so you can calm down, but it didn't really, of course, cure the Lyme. It just helped some of the symptoms from the Lyme, it sounds like. Yeah, and I, I mean, I was still getting panic attacks at that time and even past that, but it, it definitely helped. It was just like one other tool in the uh, toolbox. Once you pivoted from the antibiotics to the functional medicine approach, can you walk us through what you did with your functional medical doctor? I went straight to a clinic in Reno, and it was more of a kind of like a hypothermia treatment. They will, I mean, first, like, they'll detox the body and clean it and do a lot of, like, liver detox and ozone therapy, different IVs for nourishing the body, and they'll um, do their main treatment. will inject you with homeopathics, and, you know, your body will shiver a lot, like, shake a lot, and then they'll produce you a high fever and then you be on fevers for, for hours. So that was their main treatment there. Yeah, when I got back from that one, like I was there for, for a few weeks and I, I got back from that one and I was a bit worse actually because uh, you hurt like crazy and you, you don't feel that well. And it took me maybe six months to like recover just from the treatment. And then after that, like I actually just kept doing their treatment at home, their home care, and, and really stick to the program. So Yvonne, I want to step back real quick and ask you, when you first got diagnosed with Lyme disease, did your family and friends now believe that you had a real physical condition rather than doubting that maybe it was just a mental health-related problem like stress and anxiety? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Was that validating, that official diagnosis where people that weren't sure whether or not you were really sick validated that you really had a physical problem? Yeah, no, for sure. Like people will see me and even just in town, like, like, what's going on with you? Like, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, just dealing with some health stuff. It's more now, actually, that I'm a, a lot, lot better for sure. But there's times that I still like I get some symptoms where I don't actually look sick. Like I look pretty healthy, but I feel sick. When you went from the what the Western world would consider the regular therapy for Lyme disease, which was the antibiotics, and you went more for the Eastern therapy with the holistic approach, did anybody in your life question you and say, maybe you shouldn't be doing that and you should continue on with antibiotics? Uh, lots of people, yeah. I mean, not my family, but it's just friends and people that I know like that you kind of second guess it, you know? So despite all those doubters that, that questioned your decisions for your treatment, you did what you felt was right. It may have had a little bit of an impact, but you still pushed forward to do what you thought was right, regardless of the influence of people in your social circle. Yeah. Yvonne, at one point you tried the Rife machine. Can you talk to our listeners about how that worked for you and if you felt it was a worthwhile treatment method? Yeah, I'm, I'm still using it, actually. I haven't been using it much for killing. But yeah, I was pretty consistent with it for months. It, it'll make me hurt so crazy. But I did feel like the neurological side, like it improved for sure. It's powerful for sure. So for you, you feel that the Rife machine was effective and, and helped kill some of the bacteria and even cause some herxing for you. 
Yeah. And then the cool thing with that one, like you can actually use like different frequencies for different things. Did you try anything else to detox, like potentially glutathione? I mean, I do quite a bit of a foot detox, like once or twice a week, or sometimes even more if I'm doing more killing. Ozone sauna, Epsom salt bags, um, lots of binders, um, like chlorella, um, zeobine, carco, and all those. Have you ever tried CBD oil to help alleviate some of your symptoms? Yes. Yes. One thing that like I can tell, like it brings my brain inflammation down and some anxiety. Ivan, you did herbs as well to treat the Lyme, correct? Yes, yeah, still. I'm still doing herbs and yeah. Was it a specific protocol that you followed, like the Buna protocol or Dr. Rolls' herbal protocol? Yeah, it's a little bit like a combination of like the Buna protocol and, and, uh, and clean heart. I'm actually doing like more of a clean heart treatment. Do you feel that the herbs have been a big part of your healing journey? Yeah, for sure. That's been like my main main treatment. Since the time you got diagnosed up until today, you've made some major progress. From what we see, you've recovered about 60% and you're continuing to improve, but it's a slow and steady journey with some ups and downs, of course. But overall, can you give us an idea of how you're doing today? Yeah, I mean, it's been rough for sure. I mean, I was to the point where I was just bedridden, like couldn't even walk at all, like just from the bed to the bathroom, like it was a challenge. And now I'm just, you know, I'm traveling and, and having like more of a like normal life. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard. Like, yeah, like I don't do it too well, but you know, it's kind of, you have to live life and if you can handle it, kind of cushion yourself a little bit and, and then listen to your body and rest, you know, it's improving and it's getting in the right direction. So Yvonne, can you share with our listeners how this Lyme disease journey has changed you for the better? Meaning how are you a better person and how is your life richer as a consequence of you going through this journey? Like definitely has teaching me a lot just on the emotional side and just my mental side and just on everything. Like it has made me closer to God and having a faith and believing in something and being really patient, like really, really patient. That's one thing that I think like my biggest challenge actually. I've always been an athlete and dirt bike racer. Like you're always on the go, go and just training, riding and traveling and just like nonstop life. You know, just just going back to like when we get injured or you get a you know broken bone or something and you're like okay you you'll be good in I don't know like three months or whatever you know you have like a date but with this it's just like you don't know it's just uh, you just gotta have faith and and uh, and belief. Thank you for listening to the Tick Bootcamp interview with Yvonne Ramirez. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you'd like to learn more about Yvonne Ramirez and his tick disease journey, please visit his Instagram at Yvonne Ramirez 450. Second, if you enjoyed this episode of the Tick Bootcamp podcast, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Third, we here at Tick Bootcamp have created a Tick Bite blueprint that has been inspired by the information that has been shared with us by our past podcast guests. We urge you to visit our website at www.tickbootcamp.com to view the blueprint. We would appreciate it if you would contact us with any suggestions you have for improvements. Fourth, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates of our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, we thank our listeners for your comments on our past podcast episodes. Please take a minute to leave us an honest review on iTunes, on Instagram, or on our website. We make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thank you for listening.